The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. I hope that you are having an amazing day and that life is going according to plan. And if it's not, it's time to change the plan. It's time to change the way that you're doing things. We are in more control than we give ourselves credit for. There are certain things that we can't control in life. We know that. But there are a lot of things that we can control in life. And how we feel is something that we can control. We can change our physiology. We can change the things that we tell ourselves. We can change the narrative. If it's outdated, change the narrative. Be aware when you self-sabotage and take control of your thoughts. Start to negotiate your way out of self-sabotage. Those are my words <laughs> for the moment. And today I have a wonderful guest who is a high-performance coach. Uh, she's both a coach in life and in business. Her name is Lily Wang, and she has a message that you're going to want to hear. I'm going to introduce her to you in just a few moments, but I also want to remind you of my book out there called Take Control of Your Life. It's available both in book format and on audio. If you have not already picked it up, it is a book that is changing lives. It is a book that is saving lives. It is about how to take control of your life and how to change the narrative and how to live in the very best conditions that you possibly can. So just a reminder, it is a great book. It's a good book for you. It's a good book to give as a gift. And that is my little spiel for the day. I now have the pleasure to introduce you to Lily Wang, who will be talking about closing the loop and really using the energy that you have to create the best life for yourself. Now, without any further delay, it's my pleasure to introduce to you, Lily Wang. Hello, Lily, and welcome to Inspire Us. Hey, Paul, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, God, yes. I wanted to have you on a while back. I met you for a lot of my listeners, you're going to know that this sounds like a broken record. Whenever I talk about it, I say, hey, I met so-and-so on Clubhouse. Well, why not? For those of you who are not on Clubhouse, I highly recommend that you get on. It is a world of information, connections, and you just, you just meet some incredible people. Like, I met you. And I remember when I started dropping into some of your rooms, Lily, the way that you approached business coaching and high performance coaching with people, you really cared about everyone who was in your room. And the things that you spoke of helped so many people out. So this is why I wanted you on my show for the last little while. And I finally got you, which is fantastic. I'd like to start us off. If you could tell us a little bit about your history, who is Lily? Where did she come from? And what journey got you to where you are here today? 
Well, sure, absolutely. And thank you. It's such a privilege to get to be on your podcast. And I know it was a little bit of a challenge uh, scheduling this. So thanks for your joke there. <laughs> but we've, <laughs> we've made it happen. All right. Uh, so who am I? What has my journey been like? All right. Well, very quickly, I grew up in Scandinavia and I grew up to immigrant parents in Scandinavia, after which we um, we then did Canada. So it was a couple big moves in the span of my childhood. What that did for me is it taught me social awareness from a very young age, because what they were teaching us as being good or kind or, or right in school was different from what my mom and dad felt. Then moving from Northern Europe to Canada, yet again, huge shift, mm. right? And what was right, what was acceptable playground behavior, how you connect with friends, what's a good joke. And so the social awareness was really important because over time, I realized that all of us is a product of our conditioning. So for any given individual to live well, they've got to transcend the conditioning of their particular society. I like that because you are so right. We do at such a young age have these patterns created in our minds. They kind of get set into our brains. A lot of it is nature, nurture, just, it's just our environment, what we see and what we're told. And it's so important, like for you to move from Scandinavia to Canada and to make all those adjustments, all the things that you learn, all that gets patterned into your brain and it either comes out in a good way at some point or comes out in a bad way at some point. Were there any difficulties that you found, any big challenges that you found as you were growing up because of the moves that you've made? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's very interesting. No one has ever asked me that question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm the first. So, <laughs> yeah, um, but it's such a valid question. So thank you for asking it. Yeah, there were definitely challenges, right? Like inherent in switching from one culture, which is a way of being, right? The jokes that are acceptable, the, the, the right way to connect, right? What assertiveness is to one culture, what success is, what happiness is, all of that, that's a social construct. So moving from one set of patterning and social constructs to another means to an extent having to A, acknowledge that it's different, B, from that acknowledgement, make a decision. Am I willing to let go of that which I grew up with, i.e. Northern Europe, and actually accept something else? And it's hard sometimes to accept that which is new, especially if in that process for a while until you understood what that which was new was, you felt rejected. So through rejection, you still got to decide, but am I on board with this? Am I on board with how Canadian kids play on the playground? How Canadian kids make fun of each other? How Canadian kids define popularity? All of those seemingly superficial and silly things, but that mean a lot in the present through rejection, I then had to decide, okay, do I still want to learn these ways? And I was just lucky enough that Although it was a little bit painful because it was a new set of social rules and mores and a new language, right? And my parents, you know, being immigrants yet again meant they just didn't have a lot of time or energy or attention, right, to, to, to me at that point. So through the difficulty, though, um, I just had to make a decision. Do I want to sink or swim? Do I want to just get by and feel kind of like an outcast, right? Or do I actually want to thrive? And that was a very conscious decision. Okay, I'm going to learn this thing called sarcasm. I'm going to learn to 
um, like people here, I don't know what it is with this continent, but the kids just make fun of each other. Like that was just not natural to me, but I had to learn to be witty, to like handle all the boys is making fun of me things so that I could thrive. It was so silly. I didn't like it as I was doing it, but I realized that since school and friends was such a big part of my life as it would be for any 14 year old, I had to make those conscious decisions and adjustments. And it did put me in good stead for the future, right? Cause it's, you always have a better experience in your twenties if you can better your teens. You can always have a better experience in your thirties if you can better your 20s and so on. So again, I use these simple examples, these silly examples of the playground to help illustrate whatever your, your age right now, whether it's 37 or 57 or whatever it is, if you better yourself, make certain decisions now, you could very well make the next 10 years of life even better. I really like what you just said because it's so true. Um, coming over at the age of 14, that's not an easy age. You know, you're just, uh, you know, you're just. No, I was 11. Oh, you were 11 when you came over. Yeah. Wow. 14 is well, just an example. Okay. Well, I'm glad you said that. But coming over at 11, probably even more difficult because you left a lot of uh, your, your friends. Uh, and that's always hard coming into a new country. And as you said, having to learn a new language and all the. The, the customs and the differences, the nuances, not an easy thing for someone. Um, at the age of 11, was that when you made the conscious decision to kind of, you know, go with the flow? Or was did that come a little bit later? Was there a struggle and then a shift? Yes, it was a struggle and then a shift. At the age of 11, I was just starting to understand what um, not having my parents around looked like. Because my childhood when I was eight, when I was seven was very different. At the age of 11, I was just starting to understand that I don't understand a single word the teacher says. So I let my fantasy world take over all day during school because I didn't understand a single word. Mm -hmm. At the age of 11, I was just playing by myself at recess because I didn't speak the language. So the conscious decision, it, we weren't there yet. We were just surviving and going through day, day, the days and the emotions. <laughs> I can only imagine Lily at the age of 11 in a foreign country, not being able to speak the language, no new friends and sitting by herself during lunch with her imaginary friends and wondering where the heck do I go from here? And, <laughs> oh, this just got so sad. <laughs> you know, but, but isn't that the reality of life for, especially with young children who do need so much care and attention and nurturing and friendship. I mean, we're just getting, we're not out of COVID-19 right now. As you and I speak, Canada is still pretty much under lockdown, but many countries are starting to get back to some semblance of normalcy, which is great. But over the last year and a bit, so many children have been plucked out of, of the, their schools just and, and placed in places just like you had as, as that child in that schoolyard where you didn't have companionship, you didn't have friendship, you didn't understand what was going on. You're just trying to figure it out. And that's not easy. And so we got a lot of kids who are doing that. I'm, I'm very impressed that you were able to come to that decision in your life to kind of take control and say, okay, I need to fit in. I need to learn how to do this because this is my new reality. Um, what age were you when you came to that and what did you do to make that all happen, Lily? 
Oh God. Okay. This is more, I'm talking more about my preteens than I ever have, but <laughs> there must be a reason if it helps anybody listening. You're right. Okay. So I think it must've been in junior high. So middle school. All right. Cause that's when the preteens hormones kick in and people, you know, it's, it's almost like sometimes for some people, they lose their innocence at that age. They take on adult traits and not necessarily the good ones, right? They take on the jealousy. Maybe they picked it up from their parents. They take on resentment. They take on the projection. And I, I, I learned or improved my English just quickly enough that I, um, that I took uh, entrance exams and did all that prep work to get into a top school. In Alberta, we don't really have private schools the way Toronto or the States is known for. So in the absence of top tier uh, private schools, we just had one or two top tier public schools for which you had to do these series of exams. So once I got in, it was really competitive. Um, all my classmates' as parents were from very, very good careers and so on. And so Again, this is why in my present day work, and I know at some point in this podcast, we'll transition to that. But in my present day work, I don't just talk about hit it hard, hustle, get results. I talk about how in that process, we can shift our mindset enough to feel fulfilled. Because for any of those families or those kids with, with whom I went to school in middle school, for them to have already at that age so much projected not enoughness, or you're not good enough, or all the comparison, I don't think that innocently comes from a child that's picked up somewhere. Mm-hmm. And their parents were rich, and they were certainly richer than mine, because yeah, I was made fun of because I didn't have a lot of money at that age, or my family didn't, right, having recently immigrated yet again. And so these peers of mine, they had the money, they had the big houses and stuff, and they'd come to school like putting down other people, right? So it was, again, yet another challenge because now I was just starting to learn English and I was just starting to learn the mores and the customs and et cetera of this new country. And from there, I was also having to learn how to fend for myself, literally probably being the poorest kid in the school. Right. So I made a decision at around that time because that first year, um, I think there were a, a series of a few months in which I was just being made fun of and I didn't like it and I didn't think it was fair. So I realized that there was nothing inherent. Well, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but some part of me at least realized that there wasn't inherently wrong with me. It was just how I approached them. Like I said, how I was witty, how I could learn their sarcasm, how I could, you know, throw back their insults and everybody laughs instead of me just staying a victim. Mm -hmm. So that was when the conscious decisions began a little bit. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. There are a lot of challenges uh, that you had to go through as a, as a young person growing up, and especially when her parents were so busy that they didn't have the time really to spend with you. Do you think that those past experiences, Lily, um, they, they shaped you into the person that you are today? More specifically, I know that you've had some interesting careers, that you've been some, in some interesting places. You worked for the United Nations. You've done so much. But today, you are a high-performance coach. You help people perform to their utmost best. And I feel that as the young Lily growing up, she really had to step up and, and be the high performer herself in order to fit into her world and into the world that she had been put into. Would I be accurate in thinking that that perhaps has had some significance in the decisions that you've made now to help others? 
Yeah, well, that's a profound question. And I would, I would say, yes, you're very accurate in that. I think, you know, as a child of enormous empathy, like I didn't know what to do with it. I could see through the pain. I could see through everything. I felt everything so deeply. But as an adult, I had to learn how to manage that right? Can, can you imagine going through life feeling this and feeling that like you don't get anything done? No, right? <laughs> no, no. So this and I think this is part of my clubhouse bio, actually, at some point, I say I've learned to create structure for an empath. Because when an empath uses structure and embraces a little bit of structure embraces a little bit of logic, a little bit of um, like the healthy masculine as well, Right. They can do a lot of good. So how this relates to my uh, my formative years is, yeah, I had so much empathy. And looking back, I realized, yeah, I went perhaps, like you said, I did go through some things, but I never want to focus on that. That is not the point. So in my approach to helping people, for sure, you've gone through things. And if it helps us to move forward, we shall focus on it. But I will never, ever, you know, argue for your limitations. And, you know, I think that's where so many people are missing it in life. So many people are choosing sympathy or unstructured um, or perhaps the shadow side of empathy. Like, oh, it was hard for you. Tell me more. But who cares? Why tell more? If it's to tell more to be constructive, to be productive, to create a better life for ourselves or to create a better life for others, absolutely. And in this case, and in, in, on this show with you, Paul, I've already shared far more than I normally do with respect to my, the age of 11 and 12 and et cetera. So how that shaped my decision-making and even my style is absolutely, you have my full empathy, you have my full compassion. But if you want to just sit in that and, and marinate in that, I think you have something, someone better for that. You have a therapist and you have certain other coaches. Mm -hmm. Right. And with all due risk, you know, with love and respect and light, maybe they can do great things for you. My approach is not that. My approach is if you, if some part of you believes that you deserve, can do, can create something better than your existing present day circumstances, then let's go because I will show you how we can do that. And there's where I wanted us to go right there because you hit the nail right on the head going back and, and taking a look at the things that happened to you solely to dwell and to feel badly, you know, that these things happened to you is not the answer. Do they shape us? Yes, they do. In, in many ways, they shape us because they teach us that we have a choice. We can either sit in our past and wallow and regret and blame, or we can take what happened to us and say, I learned a lot of shit from that. And I am going to Bring what I know now in the servitude of others, which is exactly what you did. And I wanted to see that transition in you, uh, in what you said, because I knew it was there, is that Lily, who I have heard on so many stages in Clubhouse, has taken what she has learned, and she is now coaching people how to get through their BS and what happened to them, because it does not define you. And, and I just love what you said. You're absolutely right. If a therapist is what you need, okay, that's fine. But for most of us, therapy is okay, but we really have to move on and look at the things that have happened to us as having happened for us as well, because they did develop who we are. And we don't have to stay in those terrible patterns that may have been developed as a result of, of not being 
attended to or, or taken care of or having had, you know, everything that we wanted, you have to change those patterns. Tell me more about what you do now, Lily. What is your philosophy in life? You know, like, tell me a little bit about your coaching and what you can do for people. Oh, sure. So my philosophy and my way of being, how I coach and support people is, is this. Listen, at all times, we have so much opportunity. We have so much opportunity for advancement, for insight, for self-awareness, for growth, and so much more. And most people have been conditioned out of it, meaning they've been conditioned to forget it. They've been conditioned out of knowing their own power and that which they are worth and deserving. So knowing now that we do deserve a lot of things, if only we tapped into it, if only we made a more conscious decision to do it, awesome. The next step then is what do you want? And that, that it sounds so simple, but it's <laughs> life altering. A lot of people at the age of, you know, I just finished a call with someone. She's one of my younger clients. She's in her twenties, but a lot of my clients are older up until a year ago, I'd say most of my clients were far older than me, 45, 55 and et cetera. Right. Whatever age someone is at, usually this is just mind altering. It's mind changing. It's mind boggling because we do have so much capacity for more, but what does mass media do? What does social media do? What do all the fear-based and loving perhaps, perhaps misinformed parents, neighbors, aunts, uncles, teachers, and, and anybody who's had any role in our uh, lives, what have they done? With love and respect, I would say, unless they're living a life of success, fulfillment, advancement, growth, pure love, they probably taught you a little bit more fear than love and advancement. Mm -hmm. So my style in coaching is a reminding people, helping them remember this truth with a capital T that you were born worthy and you can do so much good. Number two, let's get uncomfortable. Let's get comfortable with that which you want. Let's claim it and let's name it. Let's move close to it. And then I use quantum physics, which is a scientific, what I define as a scientific understanding and explanation of spiritual laws and help use them, apply them so people can actually move closer to that which they want. I absolutely love what you just said. Uh, you're so true. Uh, you're so right. What you said uh, comes down to what I've been saying as well, is that we tend to complicate things far too much. Tend to look at the at the vast scope of everything and and be overwhelmed that there's no possible way I can get to this destination because we're looking at the entire universe of it as opposed to looking at small blocks of things that we can control, and we start to believe. I love what you said about believing that it is achievable and all those things. Once you start to figure out it's not that difficult, all it takes is is a vision. And I think you described that very well. See where you want to be and then go for it. And people like you who coach others to get there, it, it's so important to have people that you can turn to who may have some of the answers or at least can guide you through you know, this thing called life because some people are overwhelmed. Uh, what kind of advice would you give people out there right now, Lily, who may be struggling with, you know, their their personal focus, where they want to be in life and in business, what would you tell them right now, other than what you've already told us? 
Sure. Yeah. Well, number one, I'd say overwhelm or overwhelmment is not actually a thing. Because if I were to ask you right now in your room, wherever you're listening, right? If you're in the car, you're at your house and you were to pick it up, do you think somebody could pick up overwhelmment and put it in their hands? Mm -mm. Mm -mm, right? So overwhelmment is not actually a thing. What it is used is this vague, diffuse term that, 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 that at its best just describes this vague, diffuse sense of lack of focus, of messy thoughts. Mm -hmm. Right. One of my coaches, someone I started working with years ago, taught me about the importance of cleaning up messes, which has helped me a lot in using quantum physics to coach people. A mess is something incomplete. It's a promise you haven't made good on. Right. It's a goal you set that you're not doing. Now, is this an indictment necessarily? Not at all. But it is an observation and it is a very, very good one at showing us where we're at. If, are you someone who constantly makes goals, sets goals and doesn't follow through? Well, I want you to think of your, your, your life right now as having a lot of bubbles around you. Think of these spherical, cute little circular bubbles, okay? Now, it's easy for Paul because he sees me, but I know if you're listening to this, you can think of bubbles and cute little circles floating around your head as well, okay? This is something I, co uh, I coach clients on, I teach people on, is when things are complete, whoop, it's whole, it's complete, life is good. Energy is used in an appropriate way, it's conserved, and that means you have tons of energy left for all the right things in life. Okay, what's the opposite of that then? The opposite of that is when things are open. Now there's a leak. So what's an example of an open circle, an open sphere? Well, an example, like we said, you set a goal, you make a promise, you don't fulfill it. Okay. Now we all unfulfill, we all decommit or uncommit or forget, or just, you know, let, let things slide by or sweep things under the rug to an extent, but the more successful we are, the more fulfilled we are, the quicker we work in harmony and flow with the universe and with universal energies, the quicker we achieve our goals and all the good things in life, the fewer of these open things we have, because the more open things we have, the more open unattended to goals or promises we have floating around, the more leaky there is in life mm -hmm. and when there's a leakage now this is just an english vernacular thing that i'm i've made up right just to try to put quantum physics into modern day language to um to 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 kind of showcase what it could look like but still the more leakage we have the less energy we have the less attentiveness we have and, and less power we have. You are born powerful and worthy, but the fact that you're fully not fully living that, exhibiting that and experiencing that could very well be due to all these unattended, open circles, open little balls in the air, leaking your energy and potential out. So overwhelmment could be a very diffuse, vague term describing the fact that right now you have a lot of random unsupportive, unconstructive things floating around, right? So mm -hmm. for us to feel less overwhelmment and more focus, what we want to do is make good on certain promises, forgive certain people, forgive ourselves in the past. When we forgive, we close a loop. When we make a good on a promise, we close a loop. When we forgive somebody else and make peace with something that happened in childhood, we close a loop. So 
one of the things you could do to reduce overwhelmment in the long run, right, in a very stable, grounded manner in the long run, is to start making good with your promises now. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect, right? Even as Paul was describing, he and I have wanted to do this for a while, right? And we're, it's not always about the perfection. We have so many things to do. We have so many priorities, so many uh, Zooms to do. Right? But ultimately, the goal or the intention should be as best as I can. I'm going to fulfill these promises. So we unleak, we close a loop on something, and we actually can make use of the energies and talents with which we were born. That's the biggest thing I could say. Another short-term way to focus more, feel more good now, and feel grounded now instead of overwhelmed is to learn the practice of self-praise. I okay. absolutely love that. Again, yes, close the loop. Learn how to praise yourself. You're right. You know, we can be our own worst enemies, can't we? And you touched on this before, is that a lot of people feel unworthy. They don't realize that there's so much that they are capable of. Thank you for reminding us of that and, and for talking about fulfilling your promises to yourself and also to others and just releasing those things that do not serve you and focus on those things that do. Lily, you've been an absolute joy to have on my podcast. Before we go, I would love to, how can people reach out to you? Where can they get a hold of you? How can they touch base with you, perhaps for some of your coaching or some advice? Do you have a website? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's thelilywang.com and Lily is with two L's. So that's L-I-L-L-Y thelilywang.com. Paul, I assume you're going to tag me on Instagram and so on, or? I certainly am. It's going to be in the show. Oh, awesome. So that I just love to have people say that anyways, you know, just like, just in case somebody's it doesn't have a pen right away or they're, they're driving and they, oh, the Lily Wang, it might just stick in their minds as they're driving down the road, you know, listening. It might to, just, it just yeah, might be thelilywang.com. There you go. I just love it. Thank you. Lilywang.com. And if you want to, if you want to send me a quick email, it's lilywangcoaching at gmail.com. I keep things super simple. Lilywangcoaching at gmail.com. Hit me up. Let me know that you heard about me from Paul's show. You got it. And I'm going to put all that in the show notes. Lily, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your wisdom. I love it. Closing the loop and God, you know, just being kind to yourself. And uh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me so much. And it's been a pleasure and honor and uh, see you soon again. <laughs> I'll see you very, very soon. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient. 